to do the intro. I do. So I need to officially say welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 1. Yes, the that's right. The whole thing. thing. The whole thing. We're doing a sort of wrap-up top five best of stuff before we get into Season 2. So strap yourselves in. There's going to be a lot to talk about. And uh, ho- hopefully you guys like this and we know what we're doing. <laughs> so, yeah. Hopefully doing this for the rest of the seasons will be not yes. not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we're so, starting off with our favorites, right? Yes. So our top five episodes. Yeah. So we thought about doing the top five episodes for each other and then... I think we just landed on doing our own top five favorites yes. and why. So, yes. so okay. I'll start off. Go ahead. Give it to me, Rachel. Oh, man. You know, what's funny, too, is I have notes in front of me from the web of which episode is which, because <laughs> after all this time of going back and watching them, I'm still like, what is that one with that thing where that guy <laughs> says the thing and the dude and they and they go to that planet? And, they go, and yeah, then they go to that place and they do the thing. <laughs> Yeah, totally know what you mean. <laughs> the thing where this stuff happens, the guy. Yeah, no, no, not that, the other thing. Oh, the other guy, that's yeah, right. That, yeah, that one. So, yeah. all right, what's your number one most favoritist episode of season one? My number one most favoritist episode of season one, actually, the more I thought about it, turned out to be Enigma. Oh, okay. Because it was the one that just... It was, I don't want to say lighthearted, really, but it was the one where, like, really nothing super end of the world happened. You know, it was the end of somebody else's world. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But not ours, so it's totally fine. Not ours, it was fine. (laughs) But it was was really more of a, you know, in-house kind of intellectual uh, type of thing, and it wasn't, you know, know, doom approaching the entire thing. And okay. I kind of liked it as a as a break from from the rest. And it it did introduce us to the Tolan, which it is did. always good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to go through yours? Oh, so we're gonna go back and forth. Yeah, might as well. All right. Uh, so my number one most favorite episode of season one is the Torment of Tantalus. Oh, <gasps> really? Yes. I like that it filled in that gap of what happened from when the Stargate got found to like when the movie happened. Cause that is a very big chunk of time. And how did not like nothing happen with the gate between that time? Turned out stuff did happen with the gate and then it was apparently a bad thing. So then they shut it all down. And I really like Daniel in this episode and his just like, you know, thirst for knowledge stuff and his need to like help and learn and understand because I think that's a big part of who Daniel is as a character and a person. Yeah. And it's also like one of those episodes where when somebody mentions Stargate SG-1, like this is like one of those episodes that like from all 10 seasons, I always think about this episode as being a very important part of just Stargate 
canon, if you will. Mm. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. I actually chose that for my number two. <gasps> oh, well, how convenient. So why did you choose to put it on your list? Um, I also agree that I really like how it kind of fills in the gap. Um, but I really like the character of Ernest. Uh, and yeah. it's actually one of those episodes that I never really thought about on a deeper level before until we talked about it. And, you know, all all of what it meant to be on a planet by yourself for like 50 years. Yeah. And all of that sorts of stuff. Um, but I actually don't really like Daniel's character in this one because I kind of feel like he it was it was a very selfish type Daniel because he wanted to be left on the planet by himself to learn this stuff. It wasn't like he was learning it for a greater good or learning it to teach people. It was just because he thirsted for that knowledge, um, right. which I actually think does make the episode interesting because it because you're right, it does give an insight to his character. But we we thought it meant very different things. Apparently so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So what's your number two? So my number two is Korai. Ah. Yes. I like the sort of introspectiveness we get from Tilk in this because, you know, we saw in Children of the Gods his sort of turn against his own people and the sort of system that he had been a part of for 70, 80 years at this point, like a very large chunk of his life and his beliefs in that, but also contradictory to that, that he was starting to sort of question things and his need to atone for the horrors he had done in the name of his quote unquote God, I think is a very noble thing. And I just think it gave a huge amount of insight into who Tilk is as a character and what his actual like sort of moral compass is. That's very nice. Yes. I like that one, but that one did not make my top five. Oh, okay. So what is your number three? Uh, my number three is actually Tin Man. Oh. Because I found it very interesting how they actually had a storyline where it doesn't work out for the four of them. Like everything at the end magically isn't like, oh, it's fine. You just press a button. That <laughs> <laughs> they they actually had, you know, it didn't turn out to be them, of course, but it actually yeah. had something where like, oh, crap, our, our actions have done this to ourselves and we're not yeah. getting out of this one this time. I thought that was yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that did not make mine. But yes, I, mm -hmm. it's one that doesn't have the a super happy ending. Like, I mean, we, we do get our SG-1 back, but there's still that lingering question of the other SG-1 just sort of hanging out there. Yeah. 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 It's like a Pandora's box that they opened and they're like, oh, crap, we did this. And yep. other people are going to have to live with it. But the other yeah. people are us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's tricky. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Aha. Yeah. yeah. Also, just the makeup at the end on next <laughs> week when he's like Robot Man. I just, I watch it every time and I'm like, I could have done better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Modern makeup is so much better. It is. Mm -hmm. Oh. Which is weird because, like, the makeup in Broca Divide is so good. And well, that's just, been different people. 
must have been maybe I don't know maybe they maybe mm-hmm. an intern was in charge that day yeah we'll just go with that one okay mm-hmm. all right okay so for my number three I'm going with there but for the grace of God mm-hmm. yes I think it's interesting that we got that insight into what could have been and probably what should have been like this alternate universe that was so close to what had happened here. Um, and just the, the real actual consequences of our actions of going out into the universe and messing with things that we have no idea about. Because in our reality, we haven't really suffered any consequences, really. Like, I mean, Kowalski was unfortunately, you know, possessed and died. But other than that, like, we're still out there running around doing our thing, interfering. As Hammond's like, we don't interfere. Yes, we yes we do, Hammond. Um, Every single time. (laughs) Every single time. That's what we do. We interfere. And getting to see the actual sort of real life consequences of that but that also don't have an impact directly (laughs) really unlike our characters because we get to sort of know in advance that this is a thing that's happening um I think is just really interesting and like Daniel gets to be the hero which is always good for me so yeah yeah, it's interesting to see to see that happen with the consequences of our actions on a planetary level. Yes, like it's not just billions yeah. of people that have no idea this was going on that yeah, aliens are like, going to show up and they're like, I didn't even do anything. It's like, you know, people in like the middle of Poland are like, what the fuck is happening? It's like, and we are over here in the US going, oops, sorry, bad, sorry. Sorry, we killed someone. Sorry, we killed the whole planet because... Mm we killed one person on another planet somewhere else and now you all have to die sorry yeah yeah cool though right all right it's all good no yes no no (laughs) i don't think no i don't think we're cool no no (laughs) but he's dead Mm. yeah number four what you got uh my next one is broken divide because I had so many moments moments when rewatching these that the episode started and in my brain I was just like, oh, this one, that's right. And then I would probably like forget it again. So I'm sure if we did this like again, I would do the same thing of like, oh, this one, that's right. Uh, and, but but Broken Divide especially is one that I always think of like, oh, that one. That yeah. one's really funny. There's so many things about that one that just make it so memorable. Yeah. Especially especially in season one, you know, because it because yes. if you binge watch like the holding thing, eventually everything just starts to run together and you don't even know what happens where. But, you know, it's always the first stuff you watch that kind of sticks with you. And especially for this one, every time I watch it, I'm like, yes, the one where they all turn into Neanderthals. Yeah. yeah. And, like start attacking and humping each other. That's right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then it turns out to be Benadryl fixes them all. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Richard Dean Anderson is especially really good in that episode, I think. Like, mm-hmm. that's a, yeah, that's a very good, strong acting episode for RDA, I think. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Good choice. No, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so, my number four is Fire and Water. 
Mm-hmm. Surprise. Because Daniel's pretty. I mean, A, yes, Daniel <laughs> is just so very pretty in this episode. But also, it's like, it's it's Daniel doing what Daniel does with the understanding and trying to communicate and connect with another being, regardless of if they're human or not, and just trying to make that connection between him and another being and trying to understand and help. Like he wants to help and he is very frustrated that he can't because there's this like language barrier that they do eventually get through because Daniel's like so super smart and yeah. And just also like SG one sort of distraught over the fact that, Oh shit, Daniel's not dead. We just left him there is always, you know, great to see. And yeah, I I like it a lot. There's a, the there's makeup a lot is of, great in that one. Yeah, the makeup is very good in that one. Uh, yeah, on them, very good yeah. alien makeup on that one. Yeah, I like that one. Yep. All right, what you got for number five? My number five is the Knox. <gasps> oh my God, me too. Because how can you not really? You have to. They are not, just so iconic. They are. They really are. Yeah. Yeah, we and we get like Apophis back, and I have to say, I even I always loved that episode, but I, I love it even more the fact that we went back and we talked about it, and I never really noticed until we talked about it that Apophis really does spend the entire episode <laughs> like in a three foot circle does, looking for yeah. these people. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's the guy. He sends his people to go do the looking, Rachel. He's not going to look himself. Duh. I never realized that before, that the whole time he's like, hmm, there? No? Okay. And it just makes it so much better. I'm like, well, no wonder you can't find anybody. <laughs> yep. And we get, like, SG-1 all dying. So we get, like, you know, we get to start the death tally for everybody apart from Daniel. Like, everybody else, oh, got, yeah. everybody else now has a tally on their death count. Yeah, we probably should have been taking official stats like that this whole time. Uh, I should. Maybe I'll do that before we start season two. We'll 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 do we'll do a death count at the beginning of the season for previous, oh. <laughs> the previous <laughs> seasons. <laughs> and how many times they brought the plague? The plague. <laughs> or almost killed the planet. What well, are okay. pretty much every episode anyway? I, I, yeah, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be too many to keep track of. <laughs> I I think just keeping a death toll will keep it real. Okay. All right, death toll. Got it. I shall make my mm-hmm. notes. Yeah. All right. Oh. Okay. Do Do you have an honorable mention? I do have an honorable mention. My honorable mention was Cold Lazarus. Okay. And yeah. why is that? I just I don't know. I like it. It's a very good Jack episode. Mm-hmm. It also is very interesting how they kind of try to bridge the movie into the show more with this one of Jack's backstory and journey. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Shout out. Yep. Good one. Mm-hmm. What about yours? Uh, my honorable mention is Thor's hammer. Oh, Thor's hammer. Thor's yes. hammer. Yeah. So yeah. we like, we get the Unas in that. We get a lot of good, like, Jack and Tilk stuff. We get Kendra, who shows that, like, a Gould symbiote, like, can be removed from a host, even if it doesn't necessarily always work out. But, yeah. And we get a sort of very, very basic introduction to the Asgard, who will become very important later. 
And yeah, there's a lot of like little things in Thor's hammer that sort of come back later and sort of feed into the series as a whole. Mm-hmm. That is good, I think. Yeah. Yep. All right. Nice one. Excellent. Excellent list. Yay. Yay. I feel like we need game show music for this. And I'll see if I can find any and insert it. <laughs> royal, royal, insert royalty free game show music applause here. <laughs> <gasps> Yay! All right. So, what else we got? What else we doing? So, moving on from our top five episodes, do we want to propose a best episode for each character? Oh, we do. I think we're going to agree on a lot of these, but we'll find out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, shall we start with Hammond? Sure. Is your, in your opinion, Hammond's best episode? Uh, my favorite Hammond episode is Broken Divide. Okay. Um, I love the many, many Hammond moments where he's just like, you had me at hello, of, you know, the character just going through speech, 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 and he's like, no, you had me at, like, we need an army. But I, I love Broken Divide because I believe, if I'm not mistaken and I'm rem- remembering this correctly, that's the one where Daniel goes into the whole cultural speech, and then it's it's really the first one where Hammond is then like, Yep, nope, we agree with you, we're going. And Daniel's all like, what now? I win? I win this one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's that one. Yep. I like that one. It's my okay. favorite. My favorite Hammond episode is Within the Serpent's Grasp. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we sort of get to see sort of like the both sides of Hammond in this episode. We get to see just he's a general, which means he follows orders. He does what he is told, and he is very good at his job. But also he will back up his people. And so when SG-1 is stuck somewhere, he, you know, sends SG-2 off and is like, officially, you have to do this, but also unofficially, please, please help. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like as as Bree said, I like when we get to see Uncle George in the mix as yeah. well as General George. Yeah. I like it. I like it too. Okay. Yeah. What was your favorite Jack episode? My... Uh, my favorite I'm gonna go with Broca Divide for Jack yeah because yeah we get to see the selfless Jack and the smart Jack even like even when he's like in the Neanderthal brain he's still you can see he's still thinking about what needs to be done to like fix this problem and solve it And even if that means sacrificing himself to, you know, various experiments with drugs and medications and whatever from Dr. Frazier, he will do what he needs to do to make sure everybody else is okay. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 I just, I always, whenever I think of Broca Divide, I always think about that scene where, it's right after Fraser's given him the like the super mega dose of sedatives and we see like the regular Jack come out from the Neanderthal Jack and just that speech. It's not even really a speech because he's so just can't talk, but it's just like so heartbreaking and like, Oh, Rick, Rick does just so good in that whole episode. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. My favorite Jack one, I'm going with the Knox. Because I think it's really the one where I think he actually learns something. 
You know, with a lot of sci-fi shows, they try to, like, make it a teachable moment, right? Of, like, we're going to show something going on on an opposite planet, but really, we're talking about you. And, you know, they try to make it all reflective. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I think this one in particular is where Jack, the character himself, Mm. actually learns something because he's going through the whole episode of, like, I know better than you. I know better than you. I know better than you. Even though what you're saying to me, I should be listening. I'm not. I know better than you. And at the very end, he's like, oh, crap. No. Yeah. I did not know. I did yeah. not know better than you. Yeah. I like it, that one. I like that. And he, yeah. he even does a callback in another episode. Yes. The very young do not always do as they are told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I like that one. He learns something. He does it's fantastic yeah. character growth people character growth it's fantastic <laughs> we need more of it <laughs> all right um what about your favorite tilk episode um i gotta go with children of the gods because oh. none of the rest of the series would have been possible if he hadn't made that huge big pivotal That's, moment that is that is very true yes yeah gotta yeah. go with Got to go with the initial inciting incident. Okay. Like it. Yeah. All right. Uh, for me, again, it was in my top five, but I got to go with Korai. It's just, it's just such a good episode for Tilk. And I mean, yeah, it wouldn't exist without Children of the Gods. But, and I think Christopher Judge's acting in it is really great. And yeah, everything about Korai is just like, it just checks all the boxes for like, a good episode, especially for Tilk, in my mm-hmm. opinion. That one reminded me a lot of a Star Trek episode. Oh, really? Because wasn't there a Next Gen episode where, like, humanity was on trial for itself? Oh, it's been so long since I've watched Next Gen, I could not tell you offhand without... I believe so. It, it reminded I mean, me yeah, of that sort probably. of theme. Yeah, that comes, out, that comes up a lot in, like, sci-fi shows where it's sort of Earth and Aliens... And the whole sort of how dare you interfere? Well, how how dare you exist? We're putting you (laughs) on trial on behalf of everything. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there probably is, but I could not tell you offhand what it might be. Common sci-fi theme. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about Sam episode? Um, I am going with solitudes. Oh, okay. Pourquoi? Perché? Why? Uh, I just thought it was really great growth for her character. And, you know, she showed a lot of strength of doing everything she possibly could to get them out. Yeah. Um, and when it didn't even look like she was going to be able to, you know, she still she still held it together. I really I really loved her in that episode because it really highlighted how she is under pressure. And I thought it was really great. Very good. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for me, for Sam, I'm going to go with Singularity. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because, I mean, we get Cassandra out of it, which is good. And I think it shows sort of like both sides of Sam where, you know, the sort of scientist and the very sort of technical, logical thinking Sam, but also like she still has a heart and feelings and is like when something doesn't feel right – Technically, maybe the right thing to do is to put Cassandra in a bunker so she blows up and doesn't hurt anybody, but also just as a human being, that doesn't feel like the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she'll sort of 
fight, not really fight against it, but she will do what she feels is the right thing if that feeling is sort of stronger than the logical, technical, sort of military, just logical brain thinking that has to happen in that situation. Yeah. How many of these scenarios would, would like that have taken place? Would the military people all be like court-martialed for, <laughs> for disobeying <laughs> orders? I mean, SG-1 could have been marshaled. Yeah. Like so many times, like <laughs> I think at least three in season one, just off the top of my head, there's at yeah. least three court-martialable offenses for, well, I mean, just Jack and Sam because Tilk and Daniel aren't military, so they can't be court-martialed. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. But also, Uncle George is there to back them up, so. Uncle George. Uncle George. We heart you. We do heart you. So, Daniel. Daniel Jackson. Are you joining me in saying that it's fire and water? Uh, yeah, hell I am. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Of course it's fire and water. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. And Daniel's pretty and they come up out of the water and it's glorious. Pretty. And he's like the Bond (laughs) girl. It's just Yeah. (laughs) But but there's like, you know, character development too. Right. Yeah. 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 But he's so pretty. Yes. Yes. Just the blue eyes, the close ups, the lighting. (laughs) I just I just want to like kiss the lighting person, the director (laughs) of photography for that episode. I just want to be like, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is so good. Thank you on behalf of everyone. <laughs> on behalf Thank of you. crazy fangirls everywhere. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Delicious. All right. That concludes the best episode for each character. Yes. Uh, Is there anybody else that we want to throw in? I don't think there's really been enough of like the supporting characters yet to really toss them in. Uh, we should think about that later. Yes. Yeah. But uh, please check out our Twitter where there may be polls where you can vote for yeah. what, what you think. Yeah. It's the best episode for each character. So mm-hmm. at, that's at Twitter at SG underscore rewatch. Watch me plug that shit. <laughs> you plug it. I am gonna. Uh, okay. Um, do we want to discuss our favorite or who we think is the best otherworldly being? Slash oh, alien yes, race? Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you like to reveal... Okay. Drum roll, please. It's the Knox. Nah. How could it not be the Knox? I, you know, I am sticking with the people that they come across in the brief candle episode. Because, <laughs> right, that's the one where, <laughs> where they yeah. feed Jack the cake and he gets <laughs> really old and they have sex. But, you know, I got to hand it to them that they're the kind of people that are like, you know what? We have 100 days and damn it, we're just going to party all day, all night. We're just going to drink and party and eat delicious food that we have no idea where it comes from. Where do they get their food? Like, (laughs) nobody lives long enough to, like, harvest shit. Like, come on. Or know how. Yeah, no, that was definitely a plot hole is where does their food and drink come from? We don't know. We don't care. Who makes the cake? We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do we also want to give maybe an honorable mention to the Tolan? Oh, we should. Yes. Yes. Best villain from season one? Um, I'm going to go with Hathor. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Because, well, you know, in the sci-fi big blockbuster movies, right? You got to kill the mama. It's oh, always the big mama that's the badass. You, gotta, you always got to go. You got to go to the source. 
Yeah. Kill the big bad mama. Yeah. And we met her in season one. We didn't even have to like fight a whole bunch of mini bosses. She walked in our front door. Yeah. That's a badass bitch. She is. Okay. All right. I can see that. Mm Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, As a fucking Senator Kinsey, the fucking dickhead. (laughs) Hate him so much. (laughs) Hate. I hate him so much. So what scenario do you think Senator Kinsey would have been like, all right, you've convinced me. I will give you your budgetary funding for this. See, the worst thing is he's that villain who has made up his mind before he even, like, has, like, all of the facts and the knowledge to even make make a decision. He right. already he already thinks he knows everything and nothing you can say will convince him that he doesn't know everything and might be wrong or if not wrong, just flexible in his opinion. Like he is that bad guy that is like, this is what I think. I don't know. I think I know everything. No, I know I know everything. You tell me I don't know everything. No, I do know everything. So this is my opinion and I am right. And he's just the worst. And I hate him so much. And we've all met people like that in real life. They're yes. they're just they're gems, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gems of people that you just want to be lifelong friends with. Yeah. Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that, that's one way to put it. <laughs> or not. No, I'm going to go with not. Yeah. No, I don't need those mm-hmm. people. No. Uh, should we do our shout outs for season one? Oh, wait. Well, I had a couple more oh, that okay. I thought of. Um, what do you think is, because like I was talking about before with, you know, sci-fi stuff, they always kind of try to incorporate, you know, teachable moments of, we're okay. we're we're talking about these otherworldly people, but really we're making a statement about modern right. society. Okay. Um. So does anything stick out to you as like the best or worst of either of those categories? <laughs> well, I think you know what I'm going to say for the worst <laughs> example of that. It's it's everybody's favorite episode to hate, Emancipation. Absolutely, that would be the worst. Of yeah. Ours. That's, yeah. It's just so just a sledgehammer over the <laughs> head. Just, oh, it's like, you know what they're trying to do, but they just did it in like the worst possible way. Yes. It was, and the fact it's that just, it's just a rip off of like a Next Generation episode, just, you know, it's just sort of the icing on the cake. Like how lazy of a writer do you have to be to rip off your own script? Super lazy. Yeah. That's just that's just not good. It it took the statement like backwards. It really did. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a best teachable moment? Um, I'm going to maintain that I like the teachable theme in the Knox because yeah. it's one that isn't really, you know, cheesy. Yes. As so many of the other ones are, because they are all, like, hit you over the head of, like, oh, I get it. You're actually talking about me. But I I do actually like the theme in that one of, like, no, you should listen to people when they're trying to tell you things. Yes. Yeah. Because maybe you should, maybe they do know what they're talking about. You know, Senator Kinsey probably could have a good conversation with them. 
<laughs> oh my God, they would destroy him. <laughs> oh, that would be, oh my God, I would love for Kinsey to meet the Knox. That would be hilarious. Oh, yes. Oh my God. Uh, but I think it'd probably be a very short conversation. Oh, yeah, because they'd be like, you are a child. Goodbye. Yeah, you are a good absolute child. But, but yeah, so. So I would think the next episode is really the other half of that, where they actually do teach people to listen to each other. Yes. Everyone should yeah. know how to do that. Yes, I agree. Uh-huh. Listen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Stop talking and listen, people. You might mm-hmm. learn something. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, pretty much all I got for shout outs. Shout out to Daniel's disappearing, reappearing glasses. <laughs> Does Daniel need glasses or not? The world may never know. <laughs> Does Daniel have mystery contacts? Jennifer, shout out to Teal's amazing eyebrows. Ah, uh, yes. We could have had like a top five Teal's eyebrow. Oh, oh, that would have been, maybe we'll have to do that for season two. Cause I'm we sure. Should, we should, that's something that we need to keep track of. Cause that's yes. scene for scene. Yes. Put it the on eyebrow. the Teal's eyebrow list. <laughs> the eyebrow count. <laughs> <laughs> I love those things. What do you got? Uh, I have a, another shout out for Tilk and his epic frowny face. <gasps> yes, the frowny face. Frowny face. It's just, it's so frowny. And I'm just in the few seasons when they let Christopher Judge like relax the frowny face. I'm very happy. But just for now, just the epic. He just frowns all the time. He He never <laughs> smiles. And it's fantastic. How awesome is the frowny face and the eyebrow put together? Oh, I mean, you just die. We would all be dead. (laughs) (laughs) The world would cease to exist. The world would cease to exist, yes. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think my favorite frowny face, you know, like he gave it his all for the finale. What? Where does he show up where he's leading the army? Is that politics? Uh no um but do, 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 do. oh no it's there for the grace of God yeah there before the grace of God yeah in the alternate yeah. universe yeah yeah where he shows up leading the army that's just like the most fantastic he brought it all out he must have like practiced that for hours I mean he was yeah super frowny there yeah we saw him it he was... had everybody in the cast just tell him bad news all day apparently yes <laughs> <laughs> or just listening to like really sad Lisa Loeb. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Which either made him very sad or very pissed off and or both. Or both. Yeah. Or just pissed (laughs) off about how sad he is. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I also give a shout out to Hammond for his unofficial missions because that's, that's also a recurring theme of the officially you have to do this, but please also do this other thing while Mm -hmm. you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to give a shout out to our memos, which we probably should also be writing down. I should, I should go back. Should go back and listen and like write this. <laughs> That'd be good. At the very end, we'll just have a big, giant memo list. Uh-huh. So many of these yeah. things we should have been keeping track of the whole time. Yes. Uh, can I give a shout out to Amanda's wig in there? But for the grace of God. Oh yeah. Because that's like that's the best wig. wig. It's the best wig ever. Yeah. Do you think she got to keep the wig? I hope so, but probably not. Oh. It was season. It was season one, so probably not. No. Yes. 
before they were awesome and had enough clout to be like, this is my wig now. This is, this is mine. Yes. Yeah. Take this wig with me. Yep. Yeah. Shout out to the red phone. Shout out to the red phone. Yes. Yes. Probably one of the most powerful characters on the show. You know, I think if I ever win the lottery and or become like an eccentric billionaire, I think that I would buy maybe like, I don't know, purple phones, but you know, big old rotary phones. And I would just hand them out to my friends. And I would just be like, I'd just be like, you wait for my call. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You only only received communication from me on this phone. (laughs) <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> eccentric that's eccentric millionaire stuff right there yeah isn't it it is really yeah. is Wait yeah for yep <laughs> and then the one time i call i'll be like hey what are you, what are you doing uh what are you doing <laughs> watching tv like oh okay that's cool. that lets you you no. good Oh, uh, making a sandwich. Oh, nice. What's on it? Tuna. Ew, that would be like the entire. <laughs> that'll be the entire purple purple phone conversation. It's just me going to A. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I will be able to do that. Yes. Any other categories? Or are we good for like a wrap up? But I think we're pretty good for a wrap-up. I don't know what you wanted to do as, like, an official closing out. Well, so, Rachel. This went a a lot shorter than I thought. (laughs) A lot quicker than I thought I would to get through all these lists. We should have thought of so many more. Well, so, Rachel, what are your thoughts overall on season one? Is it a good season one? Yes, no. How would, like, at a a scale of 10, how, how do you think this ranks? Let's see, because there's 10 seasons, so I feel like I'm ranking oh. it. Oh, are we going to have to do that when we get to the end? We okay. should rank the seasons. Yes. Oh, oh God, that's going to be hard. But anyway, on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you put season 1? Well, you know, I give it a solid 6 or 7, maybe like 6.43. Um, <laughs> because... Why can't it be 6.42? No, no, 4.3. Uh, Um, because it was definitely very obvious that it was finding its footing, uh, with the, with the characters and also where they were going with the storyline that they were bridging from the movie through the show until they kind of went in their own direction. So you could see that they were kind of working all that out at the same time, but it, you know, had obviously really good casting, um, that made it work gloriously as both bridging something existing to something new. Um, So I thought, I thought it was really, you know, good, good foothold, good start, good foundation. All right. Yeah. I'd agree. Yeah. I'd give it a solid, like, yeah, 6.57 kind of thing Mm -hmm. or yeah. Establishing character and like what they're doing for the story of the TV show versus what was in the movie and the, the bit that they did carry over, I think, worked well. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. think it's a good establishing season of, like, here's what we're doing, here's where we're going kind of thing. Yeah. I think one thing that would be interesting to pay attention to, because it's something I always kind of wonder about TV shows that run for a really long time, like this one did, is mm-hmm. when 
you have characters evolving, mm-hmm. how much of the character becomes the actor and vice versa? Yeah. I think that's most evident in Jack O'Neill's character. Yeah. And like, does it does it just become Richard Dean Anderson on TV by the time we're done? I th- I think yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, so, yes. But yeah, but that, that is something to keep in mind as we mm-hmm. move forward. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah. All right. Yay. And if you're actually listening to this, that means you may or may not have been listening to it the whole time. Either way, thank you. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Uh, this was just a random, hey, should I do a podcast about Stargate? And a couple of people said, yes, you should. So I was like, hey, Rachel, do you want to do a podcast about Stargate with me? And she said, yeah, sure. So here we are. And we've made it through season one. And yeah. I, think, I think that's really fantastic. Just begin. So much more to go. Yeah, nine only nine seasons and two two movies to yeah. go, and maybe yeah. and maybe Atlantis. We'll have to see when we get there in SG one. And then Atlantis all the splinters off. Yeah, spinoff. God, there's there's a lot of Stargate TV out there, people. By the time we're done, they might have even like started a new one. They very well could be because there's petitions <laughs> now. Now that Amazon has bought the MGM catalog, there's like, hey, Amazon, give us a new Stargate series, mm. like every other week. Give us like a Daniel series. Give us a Sam series. There's yeah, everybody wants a new Stargate series. Which I mean, I wouldn't say no to more Stargate because, I mean, I'm I'm obsessed with the show. I I, I have it tattooed on my body, so you know, yeah. I, I I really you love know. the show. I don't know if I would really enjoy as much a spinoff about just one character. I think I would probably enjoy like a like a fresh, fresh kind of Stargate something rather than rather than just a show about one person. Like the new SG one. Or Is there like, a new SG? Oh, or you're saying like a, a fictional new SG one? Well, like, so, like, Daniel and Sam and Tilk have all, quote-unquote, retired, and they're maybe, like, training a new SG-1 to, like, so, like, who's, there's a new Daniel, there's a new Sam, there's a new yeah, Jack. Yeah, mean, then you get to know new people with new chemistry, new yeah. kind of things. And you can um, kind of mix things up a bit. Like, Daniel might not be like Daniel. He might be, like, an actual military guy, but he's also really smart in, like, languages or something. And, yeah. You know. Mix things up a bit. And cameos are always fun or, mm-hmm. you know, special episodes are always fun. But, yeah, I don't I don't know how much I would enjoy because I would miss everybody else if it was just about one yeah, person. That's true. It's like, oh, Daniel, but where's Jack and where's Sam? Where's Till? Where's Fraser? Where's, where's my people? Yeah. Where's, yeah, where's everybody else? What would you guys like to see as a, like a Stargate revival slash spinoff? Like if they brought Stargate back, what do you think would be a good direction for it? Let us know. Yeah. I think it would definitely need to be something simple because mm-hmm. I think it is the most brilliant idea ever from a movie to a show. Having the movie be like, oh, hey, we found this mystery thing. It goes to another planet. And then the show is like, it goes to more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it's so simple. It's like, guess what? It goes other places too. Because I, and I always think about that because like, if, the movie's premise was just the Stargate goes from A to B. Why were there 39 symbols on the gate? There only needed to be seven, but they mm-hmm. put 
39 mm-hmm. on there. Yeah. So it couldn't have ever only gone one place. Yeah. They just so. got lucky with that one yep. first. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening and for getting through season one with us. As always, you can find us on Twitter at SG underscore rewatch. And please check that out for the various polls related to this episode and let us know what you guys think. Or you can send us an email at woo SG rewatch. That's W O O S G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us please on your podcasting service. And we'll see you next time as we start season two with The Serpent's Lair. Bye.